You're listening to Nick Treadwell's Storyville. This article was written by Ron Johnson following an extensive Skype interview in 2021 with the artist Jacques Strudel. It first appeared in the Blockswitch Slacker on the 2nd of April 2021. For this podcast, Ron has kindly contributed the original recordings of the interview, records from his own private collection of Strudel memorabilia and the voiceover narration. The Return of a Maverick by Ron Johnson Part 2 Totalitarian Detour Published 2nd of April The Block Switch Slacker When Jack eventually resurfaced, it was 1984. The world had moved on from the Strudel brothers. Michael Jackson was the king of pop. Madonna, his queen. It took me a long time to get the addiction out of my system. Uh, I had relapsed, and my relapse had relapsed as well. Uh, Several times, in fact. Uh, I had to undo everything I thought I was, uh, take a long, hard look at who I was, and eventually rewire and reboot myself. Jacques Strudel 2.0 released his first solo record titled Simply Jacques in April 1984 on his newly formed Strudel Records. The album contained a 50-50 mix of covers and original material. I'd written a bunch of uh, uh, post-drug abuse songs uh, during uh, the therapy, uh, proper self-loathing stuff, uh, but uh, one really captured what I was feeling at the time. Uh, I called it my death. Uh, The lyrics contained some of my bleakest imagery. My death is like an old tin of emulsion Quietly festering in revulsion A skin of wrinkled dread Congealing in a lonely shed My death waits like that moldy cheese You left in the fridge when you went off with Steve In the laughter of hot air When I'm high I don't Dark is where I'll be found In a box ten feet underneath the ground Where the maggots and the rats reside Slowly eating away in my insides My death is a foregone conclusion Not a fantasy or an illusion It's moving closer and that's no lie Sometimes I feel like I've already died My death is not a mystery It's an inevitability Another page that I must turn Before the whole book is burned My death is just an epitaph On a life that's been a bit naff The final curtain will come down When my cold corpse is found 
In a place that's dark is where I'll be found In the box ten feet underneath the ground Where the maggots and rats reside Slowly eating away at my insides The album received lukewarm reception but that didn't put Jack off. In September 1985, prior to his next project, Jack II, he had an experience which would have a profound effect on him. He was rummaging through the discounted bins in his local record store when he chanced across an imported album, the artwork of which jumped out immediately. Uh, there is one of those uh, huge tanks on the cover. Uh, I think it's a uh, Pegasus Tiger p- tank and sitting right at the end of the large gun which is pointing towards the camera, a single white dove. The album, Peace, Love and Mechanization, is a compilation album of songs by the North Korean People's Army Band. Released in 1984, hand-picked by the gracious leader himself, Kim Il-sung, it features the very best in propaganda pop. I purchased the album on the strength of the cover alone, not to mention the evocative titles of the songs, uh, but I just wasn't prepared for the onslaught of sound that hit me when I listened. Uh, It was like, uh, well, it was uh, comparable to being strapped in a chair that has a low-voltage electric current running through it while being force-fed an endless tube of Swiss roll while having your ears blasted with a high-pressure water washer. It's beautifully grotesque, containing huge multi-slabs of unforgiving, patriotic voices thrust with blustering fever. There's there's no light or shade, the tonal landscape uh, exclusively consists of thousands of gobs simultaneously shouting righteous victory no matter what. It's simply astounding. I listened to that album over and over for three weeks. My ears bled, my eyes wept, my heart raced to almost the point of arrest. Punch drunk, with his ears severely bashed, Jacques was resolved to bring those songs out to the widest unsuspecting public, if they liked it or not. In fact, he saw it as his moral duty, his destiny. With the album Jacques II, he set to reinterpreting two NKPAB classics. Firstly, the stalwart We Shall Hold Bayonets More Firmly, a bouncy military march set to a lyric invoking honourable rifles from anti-Japanese fighters shining on millions of shoulders. 
Having a full male voice choir like the original was out of the question, because as soon as the choir found out the material they were singing, they steadfastly declined. I was forced to take another approach, admitted Jack while holding up a copy of the album to the webcam. If I couldn't get uh, an adult male voice choir, uh, the next best thing would be to get a boys choir instead, and then to slow down the recording. Uh, Quite an ingenious solution, I thought. I asked if he'd encountered similar setbacks to the adult choirs. Uh, Well, you see, we deliberately approached choirs that were, were, let's say, lacking in popularity and notoriety. Uh, These were far more open to uh, working with an established multi-million selling recordist artist like myself. Uh, Anyway, it was uh, a good thing, a good experience for the kids, and I figured, well, if Pink Floyd could do it, uh, so could I. After the choir was in place, Jacques added in the rest of the band along with a killer horn section and his own multi-tracked voice. I uh, listened back to the recording, but uh, there was something uh, missing, something not quite right. Uh, It lacked uh, the gut-wrenching threat that I had experienced on the original, so I got one of my technicians to go and record a military marching drill to get some uh, proper foot-stomping sound effects and uh, added it into the mix as loud as possible and hey presto. I felt my testicles being slowly, reassuringly squeezed.
Once Jack had discovered this musical formula, he applied it to another socialist toe-tapper, Song of the Ten-Point Program of the Association for the Restoration of the Fatherland, a tuneful earworm based on a plan written by Kim Il-sung to reunite North Korea and South Korea. Despite the other songs on Jacques too being of no real musical significance, the album left long-time fans scratching their heads in disbelief. There were, however, a growing number of new fans far away who liked the direction he was taking and who watched his career very carefully. The following year, Jacques III birthed into the world with two more NKPAB ditties standing out like warts on a beauty queen, taking the form of two monstrous razor-toothed sharks swimming in a tranquil sea of dreamy, nostalgic, easy listening. Let's go up the embattered hill quickly, carrying ammunition with us, and let us sing the new age of automation, both really giving the album a sharp edge. I love the fact that uh, one moment the listener could be steeped in a melodic ballad, drenched with lashings of sentimentality, while in the next uh, they were having the skin seemingly ripped from their faces by a relentless wall of vain, throbbing tyranny. What many have called the tipping point in Jack's career occurred in 1986, unrestrained by the expectations of a record company and self-producing, he was free to create the art the public didn't know they wanted. His efforts culminated in what many critics agree was his finest and most baffling work, Jack Four. I was approaching a crossroads in my career. He told me as the digital connection between us stuttered. I was uh, leaving the past behind and embracing the new musical landscape that was opening up to me. That landscape took the form of mostly new versions of North Korean classics. On The Young Men Are Lashed With The Bloody Whips, Jacques sampled the sound of himself flagellating a young studio assistant with a full-on bullwhip. In return, he promised that he would offer the chap help in making his dreams come true as a budding songwriter. For the video of Jacques' cover of We Will Safeguard the Leadership of the Revolution with Desperate Courage, he employed the services of visionary French animator René Laloux. Inspired by his 1973 science fiction film Fantastic Planet, in which giant blue beings called drags keep poor ant-like oms as pets. René created a world where men had merged with machines to create the ultimate fighting weapons. Giant armoured tanks fueled by the thoughts of hypnotically trained brains, battalions of buttocks capable of firing deadly poison gas and nuclear-powered noses housed on wheels that shot grenades of radioactive bogies. For the album cover, Jacques sported a typical North Korean short back and sides, wore a khaki army jacket and cap, and carried a trusty rifle over his shoulder. He safely cradled a young child in his arms and gazed longingly into the distance.
The album was released to pin-dropping silence. It was as if the whole world collectively furrowed their brows and pulled a dissatisfied expression. Album sales slumped, concert venues cancelled and Jack had consoled himself to mass uninterest when suddenly, out of the blue, he received an invitation from none other than the gracious leader himself, Kim Il-sung. It turned out that despite Jack's persona non grata everywhere else, in North Korea his star had been rapidly rising since his reinterpretations. In fact, when he arrived in Pyongyang in June 1986, his greeting party was something akin to the Beatles flying into New York City in 1964. Uh, There were thousands of Koreans all waving banners and uh, French flags, but uh, they were so behaved, no screams, no shouts. Uh, I guess they had never experienced uh, pop mania before. Jacques was granted diplomatic status, afforded his own personal tour guide and a whole team of security guards. He stayed at the best hotels while touring the country, making appearances on popular state TV shows like Sing to the Supreme Leader, North Korea's Got Talent and Pyongyang Pop. For most of the tour, he sang live to backing tracks and was met with increasingly wilder audiences. As the tour went on, the audiences began to lose their inhibitions. Uh, Whooping, shaking their hips and even blowing kisses at me became a regular occurrence, which had never been seen before. Uh, Everywhere people went, there were giant billboards of me smiling back at them. The tour ended with a gala performance at the Kim Il-sung Stadium in front of the dear leader and fellow dignitaries of the military. Beamed live via TV into every North Korean home, Jacques had the honour of being joined by the North Korean People's Army Band and ended the show with the power ballad, My Rifle Will Not Forgive. There was not a dry eye in the place. The country had gone literally Strudel crazy.
Uh, I could not believe it. It was like a dream come true. I wanted to spend the rest of my life in that place. But the next day, I was summoned before the leader. Uh, I thought uh, he wanted to bestow some great honor on me. Uh, there were rumors that I was to be awarded the bullet of the city. I was granted a private uh, audience with his graciousness. Uh, he told me he had enjoyed the concert. He asked me to sign his personal copy of my album. Uh, but then he frowned and told me in no uncertain terms to leave the country and never return. It seems Jack had outstayed his short-lived Korean fame. Kim Il-sung was worried that he was garnering too much of the limelight and could not allow any competition to get in the way of his leadership of the state. It was a choice between leaving or risk vanishing in the middle of the night. He was also told that by removing himself, he would be saving France from total destruction. The next day, Jacques was on a plane back to Paris, but his problems were only just beginning. When he arrived at passport control at Charles de Gaulle Airport, he was refused entry on the grounds that he had been conspiring with foreign terrorists in North Korea and was now deemed a threat to the security of his homeland. Uh, I was an outcast, uh, forbidden in my own home, uh, treated like a traitor. I was told that if I tried to return again, I would be arrested and charged with the singing and performance of songs known to be associated with the regime of a dictatorship, carrying a custodial sentence of the 25 years. In July 1986, following world headlines announcing his betrayal of the French nation, Jack seemingly dropped off the side of the world stage. A decade later would pass before he would continue his musical career. Thanks for listening to this episode of Nick Treadwell's Storyville. Please subscribe if you liked what you heard. And be sure to check out my Substack blog, Letters from Storyville, at nicktreadwell.substack.com.